Hello, and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Hello, Toastmasters. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. Today, I have the pleasure of being with Angel Lorena. Hello, Angel. Hi, Don. Nice to be here today. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Angel, I know you're a fairly new Toastmaster. When did you join? I actually joined in December of 2020. Okay, so just about a little over a year then. Great. Yep. And in that time, I noticed you've gotten very active. What are some of the things that you've taken on in terms of activities or committees and things like that? So since joining Toastmasters, I joined Toastmasters through my company, actually, with a club in India. We actually, the reason I got into District 3 is because we chartered the club here. We chartered the first Infosys club here. After that, I've taken on many responsibilities. I started off as the club president for my club. After meeting Karen, I definitely got active in the district when she invited me to help on TLI, help with the outreach program that we, she had done while she was club growth director. I helped with TLI recently as the tech chair, and now we're passing that over to Shin, who's doing a wonderful job this term. And then currently I'm an area director for area A1, which is an agave. And basically that's a brief overview of what I've done. Yeah, uh, that's a lot in just a year. You're very active. What, uh, what prompted you to reach out to Toastmasters originally? To be honest, the first person I met that was a Toastmaster, his name was Azar is also my first mentor. He is from India and he was part of Infosys at the time. And what happened was I got these email invites from him saying, hey, join the Toastmasters meeting. Come check it out. I'll be completely honest. The first Toastmasters meeting I joined, I entered the room, like a virtual room, of course, and thought, oh my God, this is a place for everyone to come after work in bullcrap and just talk about their day. Like that's what I thought it was at first. But with, with that in mind, I still stuck around, waited it out, watched the meeting, and I was pleasantly surprised by what I experienced. I experienced the growth, the learning, the community, the network, how everyone was there to help support each other and help each other grow, whether it was through leadership, whether through communication, even just how to branch out and get to know people. Because a lot of people miss the fact that networking is part of Toastmasters. That's what made me stay, though. So you just described that first meeting where it seemed like it was just kind of a, a after-hours chat session and not really focused on anything. And then you, how long did it take for you to realize that there's more to it, that this thing actually had some, some uh, structure and a learning environment? How long did it take for that to sink in? Probably 15 minutes, because I was 15 minutes early to the club. So <laughs> when I entered the meeting, it, it was them talking about their day because it, the meeting hadn't started. They're all coming after work, you know, because okay. India is exactly like 12 hours before us. Right. So they're getting off of work while we're coming on to work. And they were just talking about how their day was and what happened. And then like 15 minutes in, it started. 
and I realized, wow, this has a lot of structure, a lot of program to it, a lot of learning involved. It certainly does. What else have you accomplished in terms of your club? What's, by the way, what's the name of your club? Which one? <laughs> to be honest, I'm currently a member of six. Okay. So I'm currently the president of Emphasis Western Origin Toastmasters, which is the club we chartered here for Emphasis. Okay. I am the vice president of education of Speak Like a Boss, which is just chartered in December. Yay! We chartered <laughs> that with Sarah and Karen, who many of the people on your podcast know, of course, by name. Sure. Then I am a member of Twilight uh, Toastmasters, which I believe is in Tempe, I believe, as well. I'm also a member of Optima Toastmasters, which is a club I am coaching at the moment. And wow, okay, I, I think that may actually be all of them, unless I missed one. I'm sorry if I missed one, but yeah, okay. I think that may be all of them. Well, as someone listening here who isn't a Toastmaster or is only in one club, perhaps, might be wondering at this point, why so many clubs, Angel? I'm going to be honest, at least from my perspective. From my perspective, I get something different out of each of my clubs. And that could be like, okay, and speak like a boss, I get to work on presentation skills and communicating better in different types of speaking. Whereas in my emphasis club, I really have that club because I get to network with people in my company and really help the new people coming into my company get acquainted to Toastmasters. So I have that mission there. While Optima is, of course, I'm coaching the club. I want to get into it and help them as much as I can. And then with Twilight, I just liked it. So it's like a culture thing. It's anything like I and I'm also very hyper-focused on my development and growth, whether it's in leadership, whether it's in communication, and I also love networking. So whenever I have free time, I'm going to fit a meeting in. <laughs> well, you are, it sounds like you're getting your money's worth out of the program. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so you have different goals for different parts of your life. You've got a work component. You work for Infosys, I gather. Yes, I'm a senior software engineer associate. I'm also aiming to go into project management. Now, when you first started Toastmasters, did you have an inkling of what it might be able to do for you in your professional life? No, none at all. That was complete shock. And now? So when I first joined Toastmasters, to be honest, I knew nothing about it at all, didn't hear from it or anything. Learned of it through my company. And to be honest, I thought, hey, I'm gonna join this because I want to get to know people. That was my first initial reaction to it. Professionally, I've realized how much it can help. On one hand, it helped it, leadership helps you move up, helps you to work on your team better, helps you to lead teams. It also helps you to connect with especially with corporate clubs, it helps you connect with the people who are in leadership responsibilities already, who may be part of your club, and gives you that recognition. Outside of my company, I can't tell you how many people I've met in so many different industries that if I need an accountant, I know I could look somewhere in the Toastmasters club and find one. If I need a realtor, I can find one in the Toastmasters club. 
it's just that level of connectivity to the world is amazing. So where are you headed in terms of the district? I know you're right now, you're an area director. Do you have plans for the next season, the next year? Don, 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 I love you to death, but you'll just have to wait and see. Wait, oh, okay. No spoilers then. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to give no spoilers today, but I guarantee you anything I do will probably be made known. So just okay. watch it. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I will wait with bated breath. One of the things that you have been involved with that you didn't list, because there's it's probably a whole bunch of things you didn't list. It sounds like you're very involved. One of those is your recent involvement with the Speakers Bureau, the District Speakers Bureau. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, as many people may know, the Speakers Bureau team falls under the PQD, right? So for those of you who don't know what a PQD is, for any non-Toastmaster, that's the Program Quality Director. And our current one is Karen Hewitt. She's also my mentor and coach by the way. So whenever she became PKD and set up her speakers bureau, she told me, Angel, you better join this meeting and you better join speakers bureau. At first, I had no idea what it was, to be completely honest. I know that it was geared towards professional speaking and speaking in public and things like that, but I didn't really get the difference between that and a regular Toastmaster setting. Now I'm going to tell you this, like a couple months in, completely different. Postmasters really gears you for being comfortable on stage, giving presentations and stuff, but it doesn't really gear you for those hour to eight hour seminars or conferences or keynotes that you may have to give in the future. It also, like not every Toastmasters club gears you for the thing that you'll step like on a TEDx stage. When you step on a TEDx stage, you see the audience and cameras. So you're not, you know, you aren't really trained on that. And that's the uniqueness of Speakers Bureau. It actually gears you to speak very professionally and gives you the tools and resources to help develop it. I know currently they just re they implemented a new system that is emerging and I know there's a middle one, and then there's the really good ones that are the professional ones. Now, I know Steve and Karen may kill me because I couldn't list all the levels, but that was that's the levels as I remember them. But I'm an emerging, so I, you know, I'm fairly new to Toastmasters, to be honest. I actually never had any inkling that I wanted to actually speak very publicly, professionally. I'm telling you, that's changing. <laughs> I'm starting to get that fire in my belly. Okay. And it's become fun, not to mention the speaking opportunities that you get. When you join Speakers Bureau, they give you opportunities to speak like every month at least. Anytime something comes into the district that someone needs a speaker, he sends it out to all of the Speakers Bureau members. And of course, you know, you're going to tailor that to, oh, is that my purview? Like there was a accounting one that came up recently and I was like, nope, not doing that. I'm not an accounting person. I don't dress up in suits. I don't dress up in, in professional business attire. So yeah, that definitely wouldn't be me. But if there was something on like loving yourself or things like that, you know, cause there's a lot of professional speeches that are completely different in every aspect. 
it's just really tailored to who you are and where you want to sure. go. So. Sure. What kind of message do you think you have? I know it's it's forming in your own mind, probably. But as you said, you're getting the fire in your belly for that kind of thing. Do you have a lane that you've kind of laid out for yourself? To be completely honest, I'm still working on it. But okay. I do know that I do often tend to develop speeches around being different and forming a better world and having a better world view. So I feel like I feel like because I'm different in many ways. Many people know this, but some people don't. I have autism. I am transgender. And so therefore, you know, like automatically with autism, I have a different perspective on the world. I see the world differently. I communicate differently. As well as being different is something that I inherently feel because I am different than a lot of people. So with that, I feel like it's definitely something I am incorporating into my lane, but I haven't necessarily paved it out all the way yet. Yeah. Well, I can I can tell you that just if if you're paying attention to what's going on in the world, there are a lot of people who need to hear those messages. And so I think you're on the right track. That would be a great uh, subject matter for you to become the recognized expert and take that on up to that professional level. That, by the way, that in-between, I don't know what that in-between level is labeled, but it's for people who have done public speaking and they've, they have spoken in front of non-Toastmaster groups but usually they don't get paid for it. It's it's a pro bono kind of a thing, and they want to get to that point. They want to they want to move up the ladder, if you want to call it that. They want to get that extra oomph to be a paid speaker. And there's a lot about being a paid speaker that they don't certainly don't teach in Toastmasters. And that's one of the great benefits of the Speakers Bureau, is you get a different insight. They also, my understanding is they also do some great evaluations. Have you witnessed that yourself? I have been on the receiving end of those evaluations and I tend to hand out those evaluations. And the one thing I can say about Speakers Bureau that I love about the evaluations is it's raw. So in a Toastmasters evaluation, it's geared towards how can you develop, develop better presentation and communication skills. Of course, that's brought over into Speakers Bureau. However, it's geared from the fact of, would I pay you to speak on my stage? Mm -hmm. And so it's very raw. Sometimes it's borderline harsh, but it's all in the purpose of helping each other get better. I know that every speaker gets three or three evaluators. So we all get three evaluators if we speak. And it's really amazing. And you can speak on like any topic. Like, so if you're developing a hour long or a 30 minute presentation and you want to give 10 minutes of it just to round it off, you could do that, Speakers Bureau. We also get constant training from the team on how we can develop. I know one training they've been consistently going over is the introductions and how to grab your audience's attention before you ever get on stage. Right. You know what? You mentioned those evaluations can are right on the edge of being harsh. I tell you what, 
if the speakers going in know that, they know what to expect, and they know why the evaluation might be uh, more raw than they'd get in a standard club session, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. And it, because you're not talking, it isn't uh, Toastmasters that have been in there for a week. That, that's not the audience for the Speakers Bureau. Speakers Bureau is looking for somewhat experienced Toastmasters already and taking them beyond what the club is really designed for. Toastmasters is a great program, and the club, the club session or the club setting is precisely the kind of thing that's made it a successful program. But that setting isn't designed to teach you how to be a professional speaker. That was never the goal of Toastmasters. Exactly. But, but it does provide basic skills, intermediate skills, and there are some great Toastmasters who have no, I, no interest in being professional who could do very well if they chose to do so. I agree. Yeah. Now, you're an area director this year, which means you're not eligible to be in the speech contest, have you an interest in doing that sometime in the future? Maybe down the road. Currently, being that I'm an area director, I'm currently working on developing more communication skills. Of course, I'm working on my presentation skills, definitely. Yeah. Definitely trying to knock out the ums and ahs. That's been difficult because at <laughs> times I don't even hear them myself until I listen to it after. Yeah. I tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. I was re-watching one of my presentations I did for TLI during the summer. And I, was, I texted Karen and I said, Karen, I can't believe it. I sounded crappy. Like, why did you ever post this? It was that bad. But it also helped me realize how far I've come, how much I've grown in the past, what, eight months since then. Yeah, and for the current future, I have some things in store, so just have to watch and see. Angel, you are a very active Toastmaster. You've been in for a, a little over a year. A lot of people are in Toastmasters much longer than that before they accomplish half of what you have. You should be proud of that achievement. What are some of the things that you have learned in your clubs that have helped you along the way. You, you mentioned you're in five or six different clubs, and each one has a little different uh, emphasis or a feel, or you get something a little different from each one. What are some of those great things that you've found? The number one overarching scheme or lesson I've learned in all of my clubs is that you can't do it alone, no matter what, especially in a corporate club. So we'll start off with my emphasis club, which is a corporate club. For one, you have to have corporate support. If corporate is hands off or they're not very interested or vested in the club, the club won't succeed that well unless you're able, unless corporate gives you permission to open the club. If corporate gives you permission to open the club, then you're a community club and you have a little bit more freedom. But without that openness, you kind of restricted and Promoting and getting people involved can be difficult. Many people have very daunting schedules and it's sometimes put off at the last thing on their mind. Outside of that, the community clubs I've learned are normally the people who 
are dedicated and more invested into Toastmasters. I don't want to say that the corporate members aren't, but in a community club, you're not joining it as part of your company. You're joining it because you want to. And so it adds that connotation that I want to be here. Right. And with all of my corp all of my community clubs, it's been really nice getting to know people, building up the teams together. Now, managing different personalities can be challenging. Uh, I did experience that in one of my Indian clubs that the one of the members I had difficulties with because of who I am, of course. They didn't like that and they didn't like how I would do things. But what I did was I just ignored them as much as I could and did what I had to do for the better, betterment of the club and the rest of the members and whatever I had to do. Then in the other clubs, like I know in Speak Like a Boss, we have just started. We're setting up many different things. I've learned so many different systems on how to work things. Free Toast Toast was one thing that I learned in one of my other clubs as well. Okay. Then also, learned, like I said, I can't do it all myself. So I definitely learned dedica delegation. Delegation was definitely something I had to learn. And also had to learn motivation. Because it's easy when you're in a corporate setting and you're a man, your manager or team lead to tell one of your coworkers to do something. And they do it because, you know, it's their job on the line. In Toastmasters, it's not like that. It's voluntary. You have to pick the people who are motivated to do it while also inspiring the people who are kind of timid or nervous to do something. I know for a fact that there are many people who are in leadership positions this year or taking on committee roles this year that were kind of timid or nervous to do it. But I know that once you offer them the support and they know that you have their back, they're more than willing to do it and often fly and succeed in doing that. You mentioned free toast host. I know what that is, but not everybody listening may know what that is. Tell me more. So free toast host is a free website it's an organization who hosts Toastmasters websites. You need to be chartered before you can do it, of course. So you just need your club number, I think a little couple more information, good email. And that's for clubs, that's really great for clubs who necessarily don't have the resources to say, go on Bluehost or WordPress or something like that and develop a whole website or don't have the technical skills to do that. And that, so that they're able to have a working website that is different outside of the Toastmasters International page, you know, the Find My Club page. Mm -hmm. They can do meeting agendas through there where all of their members can sign up. You can find out who took roles last week or the week before. You could also keep track of all your active members. You can basically, it's a full functional website. It's a great asset and great tool for folks who may not have heard about it. Angel, this has been a, a really fun conversation. I've enjoyed listening to you talk about your experiences. If you were to give some advice to someone thinking about joining Toastmasters, or maybe a new member who is wondering, is there any more to this program than coming to my meeting once a week? Do you have any advice for someone like that? Yes, definitely. So first of all, I'm going to give two pieces of advice here, Don. 
Okay. First advice is for people thinking of Johnny Toastmasters. I always do this. Don't think, do it. Don't think, just do it. And the reason I say that, the first club that you may attend may not have been a greatest fit. But if they go over, I'm just going to say to District 3 people, District 3 has its website, aztoastmasters.org. If those people thinking of joining Toastmasters go on that website and look for the clubs that are in the district, there are hundreds of clubs in our district that are willing and able to have you attend, help you fill out where you want to be. I know that the club growth team and our trio and everybody in our district is more than willing to help you get into a club and get situated. So I say don't stop at the first bad experience. Sometimes there may be that bad experience. And then to all of the newer Toastmasters who is, are saying to themselves, is there more? I'm going to tell you to contact the District 3. Contact me. I'm, I'm an area director. Contact me. Definitely, I'll put you in touch with someone. Contact Don here. Don knows a lot of people. He's the past international director. He can get you involved. Contact the PQD Karen Hewitt. She is notorious for getting people involved in the district. Yeah, definitely contact your area director. Contact your division director. Anyone in the district can get you into something. There is a lot going on outside of your club environment. It's a, a wonderful program. I've been in it for a little longer than you, Angel. I'm coming on, I just passed 24 years. So <laughs> I, there's a lot to this program that still works for me after all of that time. And, and those of my fellows who have been in the same, the same length or even longer will tell you about all the great things that the program offers. Angel, before we started this recording, you were a little apprehensive about this recording session. What do you think now? Did you enjoy the experience? Very much. I had so much fun, and I look forward to doing it again in the future. Right. When, I find so, when I find my lane, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. When, when some, of those, some of those future choices become become known and you've found your voice on that professional stage. Yeah, we'll come back and we'll do this again. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.